passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in Throwback Thursday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I'm Danny Williams, along with Jake Meyer. We're live from Mile High Sports Studios. Just wrapped up just wrapped up the radio show. And put a podcast together for you. Catch up on Broncos stuff for uh, the week. About a month away from the draft, almost officially a month away from the draft. The draft, a little bit less important to the Broncos this year. I mean, it's important every year, don't get me wrong. But we're not trying to find some kind of godlike savior in this draft because God has already delivered delivered Mr. Unlimited to us. So, um, you know, we can talk about that for a little bit. We want to talk about um, the receivers. We want to talk about uh, – we didn't talk about the guys getting together Um uh, you know, from Cushenberry to uh, Brett Rippin. Right. Um, at Russell Wilson hosted everybody at his, you know, complex at his house and that really cool uh, field he has on his property. And they got work in and it was pretty cool. Uh, How Jer- about that view, though? Uh, like at the top of the complex, you see the palm trees sticking out in the back. Like it's like what I remember. I imagine football in Malibu being like or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It was really cool. But Jerry Judy wasn't there. Um, Everybody's freaking out. Everyone's losing their minds. What of it? What to make of it? Uh, Judy doesn't like squash the drama instead and let, you know, lets it kind of sizzle for a little bit. And it turns out we think he was had a baby. His wife was having a baby or a girl. Right. Or baby mama, whatever. I don't know. I can't speak on baby mama drama, but um, however, um, this week, earlier in the week, a few days ago, he's. Uh, doing some one-on-one work, Jerry Judy, with Russell Wilson. We see some videos of it. And again, it's like um, when I saw these videos, luckily I wasn't wearing sweatpants because <laughs> yeah. I had to poke somebody's eye out, man. It was just like so exciting. It was awesome. And it just gets you kind of hype and excited. So one of the kind of topics I wanted to talk about today is of the three receivers who we're not really even sure who's better than who, and that kind of includes Tim Patrick. You know, there's a there's a sliver and slimmer of a chance that this guy might be the best of the group. He just hasn't had a chance to prove it yet, but, you know, it will play itself out. So um, of those three receivers, let's do this. Who's the most statistically accomplished this year? Who has the most catches and who has the most touchdowns? And are those two guys one in the same guy? Um, I don't think they're one in the same guy. I think the most catches this year is going to be Jerry Judy. Um, and I think that'll coincide with yards. Um, Ju- I think this is Ju- Jerry Judy's breakout year. Um, finally, with a, gr- a great quarterback in Russell Wilson, uh, a fully healthy offseason and 
putting in this work in the in the offseason, yeah. getting some one-on-one work with, with Russ will only help Jerry Judy become a better receiver. Touchdowns, on the other hand, I think it's going to be Cortland Sutton. He's that big body, that big okay. target, uh, that, that red zone threat. Sutton lead the team? Is there a chance... Albert O has seven or eight touchdowns and leads the team with that number or, you know, anything like that. There's, there's possibilities of that. Um, just because, you know, he's a great, he's a, he's a good tight end, but Russell Wilson has been known in the past not to utilize his tight ends enough. And is that because the tight ends aren't good or is that because it's Russell Wilson not paying Uh, attention to the tight end position? It's more of, the tight ends he played with it's are weird. either because washed or, or garbage. I think they've had been just guys. Disley. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Graham, who was Jimmy washed. Jimmy Graham was washed and can block a lick anyway. So if he's in there, you kind of know what's coming. Um, Everett. Was Daryl Everett there? Um, Jason Everett. Wait, wait. Who came to the Broncos? Vernette. Uh, Nick Vernette? Nick Vernette was one of those guys, too. Um... Yeah, so I don't think Russell Wilson's played with a talent as uh, like Albert O, and it's going to be something unique. And but also like Russell or uh, you know Russell and um, Aaron Rodgers don't utilize tight ends like maybe Tom Brady might utilize tight ends. And um, okay, so right. to give you an example yeah. of of last year, Tim Patrick was the best receiver on the team. Yeah, uh, that's a true fact. 734 yards, 53 catches, and five tutties. Yeah. Uh, Sutton, on the other hand, uh, 58 catches, 776 yards, but only two touchdowns. Interesting. Uh, and Jerry Judy, we all know, had zero touchdowns and only 38 catches. What about Hamler? Would he only? 467 yards. And KJ, uh, he had the injury Remember early the hype on. on KJ Hamler and Teddy Bridgewater moved his locker next to him, right? Taking him under his wing, all that kind of stuff. Well, he only had five catches and seventy four yards. All but that, all that like cheese dick stuff doesn't. Mm-hmm. It matters when you don't have a quarterback. When you're trying to be like, well, if this happens, then this happens, and this happens, and this happens, well, maybe we could be kind of good. Now it's just like Russell's going to make us great. Right. Russell's, we're just going to, you know, Russell's just going to make this team operate at a high level, and I kind of believe that stuff. So, um, well, that's the, me, be- that's the beauty of adding Russell Wilson. Who leads the team in receptions? Jerry Judy. I think so, too. I think he catches 80 balls. That's a lot of balls. But, um, again, there's been offenses where two guys go for over 100 catches and a couple guys go for over 1,000 yards. I think um, Judy goes for like 80. Those other two guys get in the 60s. I think Albert O has um, 40 or 50, and I think Javante catches 40 balls too. Wow. And that's kind of the offense. It might sound like a lot, but, you know, that gets you to 4,000, 4,200 yards passing, 35 touchdowns, you know, 40 touchdowns. Um, that, that would be one incredible season. It's oh, like a regular season for Aaron uh, for Russell Wilson. Yeah, I know. That's a regular season for Russell Wilson. But he had last year in a shit season, 26 touchdowns against six picks, something like that. Didn't even play three, three games. three games and played like crap. He would have gotten the 30s again. Yeah, he if he was fully healthy, he would have easily been 30, 35 touchdowns because not only does he not miss those three games, but also his play is not affected by that finger. That finger injury is... This may sound cheesy, and every guy says, I've had an ACL, I've done this. I had the same finger banger that he had. It's a tendon injury, and you cannot flex or extend your finger. 
You can't do it. So everything you touch, every cup you grab, anything, you have to look at it because it feels like there's something on it. When no, it's your finger holding it in an awkward position because your finger won't extend. Mm -hmm. So I had to have my thing in a, like in a plastic thing at all times. I mean, like at all, 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 all times. And I had to have it for a couple months. And I, um, one guy who I played basketball with had the same injury. He goes, don't even do any other stuff. Look at my finger. It like never really healed. But my finger, I'd say healed like 90% healed, 90% healed. But like I had it off and I was trying to do stuff and play with it for a little bit. Right, right. Basketball. And I couldn't, it just that wasn't the same. And I did it the right way. And um, that's it. This took months. Russell Wilson was back in like two or three weeks, tried to speed the process up by having the surgery, you know, like, you know, the, um, or whatever. And, um, was never right the rest of the way. And they're like desperate. They're in close games, desperate to try to make the playoffs. All that pressure bursted. They, bur you know, the, it bursted the, and, uh, blew up the, the Seahawks to where again, next year, if they did Seahawks would have came back, I think they'd have won 10 games or 11 games. Yeah. And it had been like the same thing, but the collapse that they had was maybe the perfect storm and recipe for Russell feeling like he needed to leave. Right. hundred percent. And without sense. Yeah. Without that, he might've thought, Hey, I can still do something with Seattle. And you know, I've been here my whole career. I might as well finish it off with, the, with these guys and ride off into the sunset. But uh, loyalty is powerful. Absolutely. Um, guys stay in, you know, shitty marriages because they have kids or because, you know, they, they got took the a, house. They took an oath, you know, like there's, you know, more than just, I don't want to give her half my shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a lot of things. So I mean, you got to put that into real life. This team drafted Russell. They drafted me in the third round. Gave him an opportunity. Russell Wilson was like, he wasn't even a has been. He He's was a, a never, never was. was baseball player. He was not a sure thing at all. You know, he was a uh, it was not a sure thing at all. And um, so that's it. Now we're here. Every kind of thing has to, you know, that happens in front of you will kind of help dictate or, you know, your next move. It's like God has a plan for you. But also, you know, it's like even if you don't believe in God, you got to believe in some kind of higher form or power or something that makes, you know, like things happen and work. You can go out there. You can go drive anywhere you want. You can go quit this job today. You can go work somewhere else. You can go be with any woman you would want to be with who would have you. It's still you got to believe like there's some kind of plan for you, no matter if you believe you control every last you know, aspect of your own life. So I got maybe a little too deep there. I just think that Russell Wilson is a critical thinker. Russell Wilson isn't afraid. And Russell Wilson rolled the dice on himself and the Broncos to go be great here. And he thought that was his best opportunity to take his brand and career and legacy to the next level. level. And it's just as simple as that. Right, hundred percent. He felt like it, he what he had in Seattle ran its course, got stale. They could have spun their tires and ran the thing back a couple times for um, no more success than they would have had over the last couple of years, um, because I, the talent level and because the division and because the head coach is a little bit older, because the coaching staff isn't as good, and that's it. So it's not easy. It's definitely not easy to do what Russell Wilson did, but I really appreciate it. Right. I really appreciate it. I think it's bold. And I think it goes to the guy to have the courage enough to go do something like that. 
Yeah, we've talked about that before. You know, it, it, it's easy to just stick with what you know and stick with the same job and not to take any risks and, and try something new. And Russell Wilson and Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, well, maybe not so much Peyton, but he got ran out of the building. Uh, Russell and, and Tom Brady, even Tom Brady, you know, it seemed like the Patriots kind of wanted to uh, – you know, move on or, or how crazy that sounds. But with Russell, it's the same situation. Um, they went somewhere else and they're going to have tons of success doing it. Okay. Uh, what's next? So the, uh, there's not a lot of holes on this Broncos offense. I would say maybe right tackle. I mean, but Billy Turner is solid and, you know, maybe some, some offensive line, but the, the biggest hole to me right now is tight end. You know, they added Eric Tomlinson. Albert O is okay. You know, he's he's solid. But tight end is still, I would say, the weak link on this offense. Okay. And there is a tight end who is highly touted in this year's draft class, and he plays right here in Colorado for the CSU Rams, Trey McBride. Should the Broncos try to, pit, try to get Trey McBride, they'd have to trade up. There's a lot of speculation saying that he's going to go in the first round. Uh, two things that come to mind. One, I like that you said that the tight end is like one of the weakest spots because I actually don't think it's weak. I think it's fine. It's not great. It's not necessarily solidified, but there's two talented guys there. So to solidify it with a Trey McBride, I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, and then, again, like the, uh, I, like the offensive line could be tinkered with and the tight end group could be um, like you can add – to it, but I wouldn't call it like I wouldn't call them weaknesses, which I love. Right. So my point uh, two, like my second point might be, uh, we have three picks in the top one hundred. Okay, even after um, you know giving up, what we had to give up for Russell Wilson. We still have these picks, and um, um, you know five or six picks in the draft. So you again, you of these. Here's my thought: you have two of these three first round these of these three first round picks or these three top 100 picks each one of those guys is going to make a million and a half two million bucks all three for the next three times three years that was their contract will be guaranteed right so that's money that again right now that's when you don't have russell wilson you have money to spend and no kind of like plan and you're just trying to add talent then that's the logical move you do, and you go just draft your players and you develop them. But this team is now so talented. I don't know how many young guys could come in and really contribute and be a factor. Of course, the guys you draft higher in the top 100 are more likely, but also I that it takes me to my point of consolidating maybe, going turning two of those picks into uh, an early second-round pick where Trey McBride might be right there, um, and the Nuggets, or I'm sorry, the Broncos go get a guy um, like that um, who can make the team. There's not an, a, a third guy in the top 100 they have to pay a couple million dollars to. That could be some veteran flyer on a corner or another offensive lineman as opposed to some rookie we have to pay Alberta or um, Michael Ojoabinum type, you know what I mean? Who <laughs> right. might not ever amount to anything, and it's kind of just getting in the way. And you have to pay not a lot, but enough money to where it's like hurting you. Right, right. If that makes sense, it does. It does. And you know, I think Trey McBride would be one of those guys who can contribute for the Broncos. Uh, th- this guy is six foot four. 260 pounds and he runs a four five you know that's that's pretty incredible for a guy that size um last year his senior year 
It was by far his best season. He had 90 catches, 1,121 yards. Talking about McBride? Yes. Damn. And he only had one touchdown, but the other production between the 20s is is phenomenal for this guy. So I would love to see the Broncos somehow pick up Trey McBride. If it's, if it's early in the second round, that's a steal because this guy is, is talented. He's special. I agree. Um, I think he's uh, – CSU is, puts out real NFL talent. And they do it uh, quite often. And I wouldn't look at CSU as the reason why I wouldn't draft a guy like that because, um, you know, great players can come from anywhere these days, any school. Um, yeah, you know, that's kind of my th- that's my thought on uh, moving up when it might seem like it's the last thing you want to do. But three top 100 picks, man. The Broncos just got a – there was years where they didn't draft in the first round and the fir, uh, traded down, traded back, got uh, – their first pick was a second rounder in Derek Wolf. I thought that worked out okay. You know, so, again, we're not shooting for the stars here um, and go going to go get us one of these premier Thibodeaux or one of these um, college football players that, you know, are quote-unquote kind of like lottery picks. But the Broncos have a chance to go get two really good players. And actually, the Broncos in that second round kind of had a little bit of a knack for finding some talent in the second round. Reisner and Sutton and uh, and such uh, and stuff. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, what else? Um, one more, you got one more something for us? Ben yeah, uh, Billy Turner, um, he had a, a nice year with in a Nathaniel Hackett system last year. He's probably going to be the starting right tackle for your Denver Broncos. And he came out and said that, you know, he wouldn't mind, you know, finishing his career here in Denver and finishing his career playing for Nathaniel Hackett. So that not only, you know, gives the Broncos depth and potential starter at right tackle for who knows how how many years he has left, but also another resounding... Um, praise more more resounding praise for Nathaniel Hackett. It just makes you more confident that Nathaniel Hackett is going to be able to do the job well and get oh, this yeah. thing done. I love everything he's about. I like. I love my coach having charisma. I don't need my coach to be uh, uh, rough around the edges. I don't need him to be a tough guy. I like. He's like the, Nathaniel Hackett's so refreshing because he's like a real guy. Football coaches are look and act like football coaches and talk like football coaches. Vic Fangio did all that kind of stuff. So um, I think that's what I like about McVay. He's young. He's, you know, he's he'll go up and, you know, he's jumping on guys' backs and he's high five and he's into it. Uh, but he's a young man, you know, and it's different. Mm-hmm. So Nathaniel Hackett has that kind of energy and charisma. It's oozing, like oozing machismo, like uh, Reza Ramon, you know, rest right. in peace. Um, and that's it, man. So... Uh, let's call it. Let's call it a pod. Uh, I like the, the work we put in here. Um, we'll be back out it next week. Um, it's just a matter of time before we start. To, we're a, a month out from the draft. So, you know, we'll hit the draft pretty hard. And we'll give you some good, um, you know, we'll give you some good stuff on the draft. We're pretty thoughtful. And we don't love everybody like some guys do. Um, we've had some success finding, you know, diamonds in the rough and liking guys who've gone on to be successful. We'd love Justin Jefferson together. Uh, Javante Williams, we're, um, <laughs> I predicted him to be a star and not a star for the Broncos after the Broncos drafted him. 
this was before the draft. So, you know, we're pretty good at this stuff. So uh, we'll be back next week. Talk about the show and the podcast and where you can find all of these things. Give the Twitter out. Uh, tell them about your ponytail. It looks great. Yeah, Smile High Morning Show. Uh, it's 98.1 FM here in Denver, 9 to 11 Mountain Time. Um, at 107.5 HD3 Radio, if you got one of those nice, fancy new cars. Uh, you could also find us on MileHighSports.com. Watch the live stream. That's probably the easiest way to, to listen. And then also you get to see my beautiful ponytail and also, you know, Danny's uh, handsome face. Beautiful ponytail and handsome face. Whoa. Okay, so... That's the pod. We appreciate it. Um, you know, there's during the season, you guys know we do this. We're, it's, we're an everyday podcast right now. It's downtime. We're kind of putting a couple out a week. We're just trying to. Um, we got stuff going on. Jake's uh, he's a, a man about town. He's a mover and shaker. So um, sorry we haven't been a little bit more consistent, but we're here for you. We're gearing up. Um, and we're just recharging our batteries for what's going to be, I think, like a historic season. I think it's going to be great. Um that's it. Good stuff, Jake. Appreciate you. Uh, listeners, we appreciate you guys and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night. Mm-hmm.